0: Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show.
1: Prepare to gag, yeah!
0: Gays Against Guns New York is an inclusive direct action group of LGBTQ plus people and their allies committed to non-violently breaking the gun industry's chain of death. Investors, manufacturers, the NRA, and politicians who block safer gun laws We are New York-based, but work with gag chapters in other cities to ensure safety for all individuals, particularly vulnerable communities such as people of color, women, those who struggle with mental health issues, LGBTQIA2S people, and religious minorities. Gag condemns white supremacy, all instances of excessive police force, and police militarization. Good day, listeners, and welcome to Radio Gag, the gays against gun show. Radio Gag is your update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm your host, Ty Kersley. This week, military suicide prevention. September is Suicide Awareness Month, and the rates of gun suicide are particularly high among former and current military members. Last May, I spoke with Marissa Edman about gun suicides and military members. At the time, she was the Senior Policy Analyst for Gun Violence Prevention at the Center for American Progress. Since this interview, 988 has been designated as the new three-digit dialing code that will route callers to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. 988 is available 24 hours. And now, here's Sarah Jermaine Lilly with our In Memoriam.
1: In Memoriam. Ronald McNutt, someone in your life needs to hear that they matter, that they are loved, that they have a future. Be the one to tell them. This is the last Facebook post of Ronnie McNutt. Ronald Ronnie Merle McNutt, 33, passed away Monday, August 31st, 2020 at his home in New Albany, Mississippi. He was born on May 23, 1987, to Mr. Cecil Ronald McNutt and Elaine McNutt. Mr. McNutt is a member of the Celebration Church in Tupelo, Mississippi. He enjoyed and performed theater plays. He was a member of the Comic Cons Club. He was employed at the Toyota plant in Blue Springs, Mississippi. Mr. McNutt is a veteran of the United States Army Reserve, where he served in the Iraq War. Since the terrorist attacks on September 11, 2001, 7,057 US military service members were killed in war operations in Iraq and Afghanistan. Deaths by suicide among veterans and service members who served post 9-11 amount to more than four times That number, according to a recent report from Brown University, the report estimates that 30,177 active duty personnel and veterans who served in the post-9-11 wars have died by suicide. From his Facebook posts, it's easy to see that Ronnie was a kind, open-minded man. Family and church were very important to him. His friends have spoken of projects he was part of, such as podcasts and live streams. On one of those live streams on Facebook, drunk and in pain, Ronnie took his own life with a shotgun. His friends watching the stream begged Facebook to take it down, especially after his gun misfired. They believed that doing so would have saved Ronnie's life. Ronnie was a veteran of the Iraq war and suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, His loving family has gathered around him and created a foundation to support veterans and prevent and reduce suicide. Their website is called Hinderless 22, the Ronnie McNutt Foundation. They've already raised enough money to give scholarships to local deserving high school students. Their work continues. Ronnie McNutt, we remember you and 22 military service veterans who, like you, will commit suicide today out of their pain and suffering. The suicide prevention hotline number is 1-800-273-8255. Write it down. 1-800-273-8255. Remember, someone in your life needs to hear that they matter that they are loved, that they have a future. Be the one to tell them. Hello,
0: Marissa. Welcome to Radio Gag.
2: Hey, Ty. Thanks for having me.
0: I've been wanting to do a show about uh, military suicides in our country. Um, I have some background on the fact I retired to Air Force and at different times. I retired in 2013. So at different times, the military addressed suicide in a in a different way, and it's changed. I want to know how this information was brought together to make this report, if you could start with that.
1: Yeah,
2: definitely. I mean, suicides across the country have been on the rise for several years, right? Um, and in fact, the first decline that we saw in a decade didn't happen until 2019. Um, but even with that decline, um, we know that that decline was not equally distributed right so there are some people some groups who are still experiencing um, suicides at higher rates and one of those populations is active um, duty military members and veterans um, which is alarming because even though veterans only make up seven percent of the population they accounted for in 2019 at least 18 percent of all suicides um, so that was really you know, striking and important for us at CAP to write about, um, to try and dig in a little deeper about why this is happening and talk about um, the mental health issues of people in the military and veterans decades after they've left, right? So that was really important for us to write about. So that's how we, you know, we came to write this report.
0: what does the report find that a lot of these suicides have in common?
2: Yeah, one of the big ones that we saw was that there was obviously um, a common thread through cause of death. Um, Firearm suicides are largely more lethal um, than someone who would attempt suicide by another means. Um, So gun suicides in current and former military members are, uh, make up most of the suicides just as in the general population. Um, I believe for veterans in a certain year was about 72% of the veteran suicides were gun suicides. Um, And in 2019, um, for active duty members, I believe there were, unfortunately, almost 500 um, active duty military members who lost their lives to suicide, and 64% of those uh, were firearm suicides. So that's almost one gun suicide a day for that entire year. I read
0: that. Um, Is there any look on the difference between an active duty suicide and veteran? Because a lot of the time, veteran suicides... uh, At least you know when you hear about it it, you're being reported to it almost like it's ptsd there's either mental or physical pain and a lot of the veteran suicides that um can contribute to it but the there's there's an element to active duty suicides that's completely different and i just don't know if there's a way to look at the two of them
2: yeah For sure. I mean, that's something that was a little harder for us to parse out. I think some of the data definitely um, we need to dig into some of the data a little bit more. I think there are gaps in it. Um, But one thing that stood out to me, um, obviously, the populations are different. So active duty members, um, there's a much smaller population. But to me, it can be the rigidity and the stress of being in the military, of course. Um, you are away from your family, you're away from your support system. Also, if you are deployed in a time where there is war, that is traumatic. Um, Having a colleague who may pass away is traumatic, right? So those people are going through their trauma while they're in the military. And then there are veterans who may be reprocessing wartime trauma later on in life or as well as aging. Um, I think one uh, point that we noticed was that um, people in the Vietnam War, um, or who would have been in the Vietnam War, that age group has a disproportionate, reflects a disproportionate amount of gun suicides. Um, And it's also poignant that they are a a large population of gun owners, right? right? So there are definitely differences in active duty and veterans.
0: Right. I've always, Thank you. I've always thought, too, that um, there's a sense of duty when you're deployed. This weapon is issued to you. Um, The serial number goes next to your name. You sign it. It's what you trained on before you left. You know, goes in an armory. uh, Your ammo is counted for. And I've always thought that was sort of mentally different for me. The responsibility, I think, is lost when a gun is in your house. Yeah. And I think that's one, something I wanted to see if, if we kind of pulled out or if, we, if it was just something that was sort of a little bit more obvious. The access to the gun isn't as restricted in a home.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that is a huge uh, issue that we're looking into, the, um, making sure that people are storing their firearms appropriately. Um, we call that safe storage. Um, so we know that suicide is often an impulsive decision. Um, so distancing the time that it takes for someone to, from a suicidal thought or ideation to an attempt, making sure that there is a necessary time and distance between those two things is what saves lives. So like you said, when someone has a firearm in their home, one that they're comfortable with, that they're alone, um, there isn't that, you know, responsibility or that duty, you know, um, so making sure that a firearm is, locked away separately from ammunition. Maybe that's the 30 seconds that someone needs. Maybe it's, you know, that's all that it takes to save someone's life. Right. So I do think, you know, that like you said, like having a firearm in the home is is separate and different than arming yourself while you're on duty, literally at your
1: job.
0: Right. Um and I wish I I wish there was a way. And that's what I was first trying to research and find this is is there a way the military is actually addressing their members as gun owners and i just don't know how to address the disconnect between um that relationship with a gun that's a product Mm -hmm. i don't know how it doesn't feel the same to someone how is it different when it's yours and you bought it versus uh issued
2: right i think there's I think you're totally right. There's a different relationship to that tool. Um, This is going to be very completely different, but um, a chef who uses a knife at home and a chef who uses um, a a knife at home or a knife on the job, like those, I'm sure the tools are completely different. The tools are separate. He he looks at it as, you know, a completely separate entity. So having this thing in your home is different than you using it on the job. And I think it's a little bit more personal um, when it's in the home. Um, So something that I know the VA has been working hard on is lethal means safety training. Um, So this is where they are training caregivers of veterans, but also physicians to talk about Firearm safe storage, and the risk factors that go into gun suicide because there are such disproportionate rates of firearm suicide among this population. Um, so some people are think it's an overstep for a physician or for a caregiver to have that information. But to me personally, I think it gives more autonomy to the caregiver and to the veteran to know their options, know that there is someone that's Um, able to be there for them as a physician, they're able to talk to them about any, you know, any and everything, or their caregiver, you know, some veterans have or veterans in active duty military members have mobility issues, and they have a caregiver. So I think it's important for everyone in the home to have as much information as possible.
0: There are some good notes in here on how to reduce access to guns. Uh, What are some of the uh, suggestions that the report came up with?
2: Yeah, I definitely think, um, well, one is education, um, making sure that people know that owning a firearm is a risk factor for firearm suicide. Um, But also, like I said, making sure there's that time and distance. Um, So something we talk about in the report um, are waiting periods. Um, So this is the time between when someone purchases, when someone purchases a firearm between and the time that they actually uh, possess it. Um, so, like I said before, you know, uh, suicide uh, attempts are often impulsive. So, if someone is not already a firearm owner and they're in crisis and they try and purchase a firearm, those one, two, three days between the time that they purchase it um, and the time that they possess it could be the time that the necessary time and distance that's needed to find community support, talk to a a healthcare professional, or just have alleviate the crisis that you're in at the moment. There are also things uh, we talk about in the report, um, ERPO, extreme risk protection orders. Um, So, This is where um, a family member or a law enforcement officer can petition the court to uh, have a firearm temporarily removed from someone who's posing a risk to themselves or to others, um, and I believe there's a figure out there that says between when uh, every ten to twenty uh, ERPOs are issued, a life is saved. Yeah. Um, right. So you know these these are not just like figurative things that like, these laws are actually saving lives.
0: Where do you think the government or the military could do? What do you think they could do to take additional steps?
2: Definitely. I mean, it is their responsibility to take care of veterans from the time that they enlist, you know, until, you know, the end of their retirement, their entire lives, right? Timely mental and physical health services are extremely important um, for veterans active duty and veterans uh, military members. Sometimes it can take months for someone to go through the VA and find a physician. Um, I believe I said it earlier, but something, uh, or I'm not sure if I did, but um, physical injuries was one uh, huge risk factor for gun suicide um, among this population. Um, so we have veterans who, after experiencing trauma, are now maybe in physical pain, exacerbating their mental health issues, and then they're waiting months and months to see a physician and have it covered. Because that's the issue, right? Having it covered um, under the VA and not having to find um, a physician on your own and pay these exorbitant uh, medical care bill costs, right?
0: Yeah, I'm Um, very, I'm just very lucky I'm not in that situation. Um, What are our next steps?
2: I definitely think it takes, this is something not in the report, this is from Marissa, but a culture shift. Um, America is extremely proud. And I think that speaks a little bit to, the unpreparedness that people have, uh, they don't wanna, no one wants to say that the military can be traumatizing, not that it a hundred percent is, or the things that are you do in the military, no one wants to say that. No one wants to say that guns cause harm. Um, Well, some people don't. Um, The people I think that on the other side of this issue don't wanna say that. Um, But I think that culture shift um, definitely needs to happen and some awareness, doing what we're doing right now, keeping the conversa- conversation going, um, talking about the how firearms play a role in suicides for this population, making sure that we're protecting um, the mental and physical health of our active duty and former military members. Um, I think we need to pass common sense firearm legislation that, you know, can protect and prevent suicides from hap- gun suicides from happening because suicides are preventable. Um, they don't have to happen. We don't have to lose 500 active duty military members. Over 4,000 veterans lost their lives to suicide in a single year, and that doesn't have to happen.
0: Right. Well, thank you so much for talking to me and for your commitment to this and and your passion. It really just stuck with me. It's like, oh, finally, I have someone to talk to because I have looked up numbers of like, who would I call, you know, in Veterans Affairs or or anyone to discuss how are we analyzing these suicides? How are we, you know, trying to gather information for them? And I think this is a great uh, report. So if you wanted to read more about it, you can go to AmericanProgress.org And the article we were discussing is Gun Suicides Among Former and Current Military Members.
2: Yes, written by my fantastic boss, Eugenio Bidens, as well.
0: (laughs) I appreciate everything that uh, you guys do, but thank you so much for your time.
2: Thanks so much, Ty, it's been a pleasure.
0: This is Radio Gag, the Gays Against Gun show. You can hear us on any podcast platform. We wanna hear from you. Subscribe and leave a message after you listen. Tell us what you love about Radio Gag, or what really makes you gag about gun violence. Suicide prevention is mandatory training in the military, and I think our country as a whole needs to be trained on the facts and stats of suicide, as well as how to see the signs and talk to someone who needs your help. Some of the signs to look for is when a person is appearing sad or depressed most of the time. hopelessness anxiety, agitation, sleeplessness, or mood swings, feeling as if there is no reason to live, feeling excessive guilt, shame, or a sense of failure, rage or anger, engaging in risky activities without thinking, increasing alcohol or drug misuse, losing interest in hobbies, work or school, neglecting personal welfare and appearance, withdrawing from family and friends, Showing violent behavior like punching a hole in the wall or getting into fights, giving away prized possessions, getting affairs in order, trying to tie up loose ends, or writing a will. Discuss suicide directly. Never dismiss anyone's thoughts by saying, you aren't thinking of doing anything stupid, are you? Be direct and compassionate. Are you having thoughts of suicide? Do you have a plan? And most importantly, do you have access to a gun? Suicides are preventable. It is the access to a gun that is the common factor here, an easy to purchase non-regulated product that could simply be locked up. If you are worried about ERPOs and military members, we are trying to change the culture of guns in our country. The US military is the most powerful in the world. Former and current military members should be examples of gun safety, proper gun use, and storage, not gun suicides. The training and the regulation is not transferring to the home or to personal weapons. Even the most trained military members in the world's history still need to lock up their firearms. I want to also bring up some very helpful programs First, EMDR, Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing Therapy. It's extensively researched. It's an effective psychotherapy method proven to help people recover from trauma and other distressing life experiences, including PTSD, anxiety, depression, and panic disorders. I also have it on good authority that creative outlets are extremely therapeutic for anyone with trauma. So I want to mention Veterans Voices. The mission of the Veterans Voices Writing Project is to enable military veterans to experience solace and satisfaction through their writing program. Their vision is a world where people appreciate that writing can both heal and entertain. For more information you can find out at veteransvoices.org. To find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at Gaze Against Guns NY on Facebook and Instagram, or Gag No Guns on Twitter. We meet once a month at the LGBTQ Center on 13th Street in Manhattan and on Zoom. Please email gagsignup at gmail.com and we'll provide you with the Zoom link and details. Everybody is welcome to any and all gag events. And you can donate to Gaze Against Guns. Currently, we are producing a feature length documentary about Gays Against Guns by filmmaker Paul Rowley, and preparing for the National Gun Violence Vigil on December 6th, 2023. You can contribute any amount on our webpage, that's gaysagainstguns.net. It's time to end our show. Thanks for listening. Our upcoming shows include a focus on suicide prevention for the month of September, and a series on the economic and social cost of gun violence in our country. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on any major podcast platform. Our shows are also featured on BRIC, Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. Please subscribe to our podcasts so you'll be notified when our new shows drop. And we leave you with our fabulous singing quartet, Sing Out Louise. Have a great and safe day.
2: We are get up everybody and sing we are family men and women lgbt we are family
0: everybody does their own thing
1: everyone controls her own body gets to live her life
0: We don't care if you think we're naughty. I won't tell no
2: lie. Oh, all of the people
0: you must separate. That old church is saying you better reread your Bible.
1: We're We're giving love love by